like we're, we're children and our moms have play dates for us. You know, like your calendar is just getting blocked up with all these things. And we're kind of losing this interconnective tissue of how about I park farther away in the parking lot and walk a little bit longer instead of just circling the parking lot for 45 minutes to find the closer spot. You know, how about what if in this day and age when I can take Zoom calls or meetings, how about if I strap a rucksack on my back and I and I go for a walk then? I mean, Steve Jobs famously promoted walking meetings, philosophers the Philosophen Weg in, in Germany is a huge thing. I mean, these philosophers, there's nothing a, a walk can't cure, right? I mean, you can get more fitness out of putting a little bit more weight on your back if you want to do that. It's very heart friendly. It's very, it's low risk of, of injury. I mean, the, the load impact on your body is, is fractional to what running is. And, and it's, it's off-putting mostly because it's so simple. This is the Limitless Athlete Podcast. I'm Tom Foxley, founder of Mindset Rx and your host. And I believe carrying heavy loads for long distances is one of the best exercises for complete mental and physical health. I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm willing to work as hard as I can. There is no past, there's no future, there's just this moment right here. If I did that, if I can get through that, like, come at me. Changing how I saw myself, like, as a man, not just as, as an athlete. It's okay that I struggle. It's okay, that's part of the deal. It's how I respond to it. Today on the Limitless Athlete Podcast, you will be listening to a conversation between CEO of GoRuck and Special Forces veteran Jason McCarthy and myself. Before I get into the quick prelude to the show, just want to say welcome to 2022. The This year for the Limitless Athlete Podcast is going to be massive. We got some great interviews coming your way. Um, not going to give you a teaser yet, but they're going to be massive. But thank you for being here right at the beginning. Thank you for being here from 2021 too. And this is going to be awesome. Aside from the podcast, we have loads of new things coming up for you in 2022, including opportunities for you to train your mindset in some brand new ways, including the first mindset training camp of 2022, which is like a CrossFit open um focus in that mindset training camp and applications are going to be open very, very soon. So keep an eye out on social media for that. Um, other housekeeping piece is Spotify have just released their ratings. So I'd really, really appreciate it if you could head to Spotify and leave us a five-star review so the Limitless Athlete podcast can begin to take over the world. Anyway, back to Jason. Jason has created this fantastic community around the pursuit of one of the most simple but effective exercises there is, carrying heavy loads over long distances. Americans know this as rocking, the Royal Marines know it as yomping, and those who can't carry as heavy or go as fast call it tabbing. Um, physical benefits are massive. Like Check out The Comfort Crisis by Michael Easter if you want to uh, read into the physical benefits, but the psychological benefits too are like numerous. Okay, so you've got this whole, you're exposing yourself into natural light, you're seeing horizons, it's good for your visual field. You've got this kind of 
ease of entering flow states which makes it really useful for coming up with great ideas um, you've got like the proprioception the balance thing that you don't usually get you're probably going to get somewhere outside a city to do this if you like if you're lucky um, if you do it like I do with bare shoes it has this huge kind of it just feels good. And then there's something I can't quite put my finger on too about why this feels so good. It feels like almost innately human to carry long, uh, carry large loads over long distances. So it hits that really sweet spot of the physiological benefit and also the psychological benefit too. Alongside this, Jason and I also touch on his life in the special forces and transitioning out of the military. So if you're introduced, uh, sorry, if you're interested in identity change, this one's a good one for you. Um, we talk about beneficial suffering. We talk about the Chad workout, which is a favorite of many CrossFitters, but also has a huge charity effort behind it. Um, so this is, yeah, this is massive. Before we get into the show, um, check out Debrief, which is a podcast that we'll be releasing alongside of this. And this is where Rachel and I are going to boil down what we learned in this show. And this is going to be released later in the week. So make sure you subscribe so that you don't miss it. Anyway, that is enough of me rambling. Let's get on the show with Jason McCarthy. So Jason, welcome to the show, dude. I really do appreciate your time. Like I said just now, um, I want to start somewhere that I've heard you speak about, but like we've, we've heard the story and like, if you want to listen to any of your podcasts and if you want to listen to um, Jocko's podcast with, with you, which I thought was excellent, like the story of you joining the military after 9-11, I think is pretty well documented. I think the piece that will resonate most with our audience, especially around the mental health side of things is leaving the military. And the reason why I say that is like a lot of our mental emotional pain comes from that conflict of identity obviously leaving the military is is a huge piece so with all that in mind what prompted you to to leave well my my first off thanks for having me thomas it's great Um, I, i love you know a connected world the way we have it this is this is a good example where technology is kind of a a great enabler so um you know, and, and also you know, had the fortune of, of fighting alongside some of you, you crazy Brits, and it was an honor to do so. And um, I really respect, I really respect your your country's way of life and, and your people and all this stuff. It's 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 great. Um, so, you know, my original plan was not to stay in the military. I, I thought I was going to sort of check a box of, of service and get my get my kind of revenge out of the way. And uh, I did not expect it to feel the way it felt when I cried off base as I was leaving for the last time in Fort Carson. And I had gotten out because my wife was in the CIA. So she was a case officer posted in, in West Africa. And, you know, it's basically impossible. It's hard enough to make a marriage work when you're both in the same organization, let alone different organizations, let alone when you're on different continents, basically all the time, it, it doesn't work. So, you know, that was kind of part of the plan. And my, my goal, or I guess my updated plan was to go back and, and join kind of the, the paramilitary side of, of the CIA. And so I, I got out and I kind of made my peace with, you know, Hey, let's take a little break and focus on us. And then I guess I'll get back in the fight. And um, yeah, life, life had a little bit of a different 
life threw me a little curveball at that point and welcome to welcome to that transition life so the only personal experience i have this is leaving the reservists so royal marines reserves and that was my experience and at that point yeah it's your life and you're kind of processing everything through that lens but it's not 100% of your life whereas when you're in the military it's 80% 90% of your life and the rest of it's for um for afters what's that process like of kind of giving up on a lot of certainty and predictability in your life yeah i mean the certainty and the predictability was not what what i missed although at a really deep seated level i mean i think we all we all need some structure in our lives i mean this idea that you know even the the crazy artists they don't you can't sustain a life of that if you're just <laughs> you know like waiting for inspiration to strike like you've got to build something around that and we we crave that kind of structure it was more just the the identity and the support that that entailed you know just the guy to my left and the guy to my right and you know it's not like i i went all over anywhere talking about oh i'm in the army this or the army that but you just you wake up every day and you feel fulfilled you know that you're serving a worthwhile mission and you believe in it and and that's a really good feeling and we don't do that for ourselves enough these kind of check-ins right mm-hmm. where we say okay so i'm really fulfilled in what i'm doing right now and why and and so you know it's it's always easy in hindsight and when it's gone you you know that it's gone you have to kind of you, you turn into kind of a mortician and you're you're examining the the dead bodies in your past so to say of you know and in this case they were really happy like the, those those experiences and it it's it's really simple on some level it's just basic human nature like this idea that we're going to live in the metaverse and be happy doing that is is a dystopian nightmare and the army what is really good about that is that you're in it together and not just army as a whole and not just you know the flag which i'm i'm very proud to be american and i'm very proud to have worn that flag in in service to my country but that's not you don't wake up every day and and that just fills you up it's about what you do with the people around you and so that very practically and tactically is pulled away and so that structure is gone and you have to kind of create a different structure and i mean the army does provide a lot of structure i mean it's exactly where you're going to go i mean there's chow halls there's housing allowances there's yeah i mean there's all sorts of this is when you can take leave this is i mean and a part of that is like, i just wanted to rebel completely against it just in my very essence of my being at the same time it's it's worth it's worth it, right? It was worth it. So it, it's like, you know, this just basic human conflict stuff going on. In, <laughs> yeah. And in what life. it gives you as, as well is this kind of almost like a template of how to structure thoughts and processes, like for better or for worse, there's this element of, okay, these are, I don't know whether it's, it's similar as a, as a green beret, but there's these are our core ethos. This is what we follow. This is the kind of mentality that we display and through training, through um, exercises, uh, through deployment, those are refined and instilled into you. And you have this very- Live simple, the life. 
yeah exactly exactly like it's it's the the exact um example of stop wasting time about arguing what a good man should be and be one and you kind of you Marcus just Aurelius. Good. yeah exactly um so you kind of you have this template for like this is who i am how do you deal with that when you when you get out how do you you kind of go okay i'm, I'm kind of free to become who i want to be and live this um how do you how do you start again from scratch almost well, it's hard. That's how you do it. I mean, but ultimately, you know, for me, there's, there's, it's, it's kind of the, the first off is a false joy, this false joy of, I don't have to wake up at five in the morning to go do PT and rock and run and do push ups. I don't have to do all these things. Right. I mean, it, it's, it's a false freedom in, in essence. I mean, you are free. You're also free to be completely miserable. And so, you know, that's, you got to kind of, you got to kind of experience it. Right. And then the hope is, is that that spurs some sort of change. You need to lead an examined life, if you will. And, you know, there's, there's been a lot that's been published or that buddies of mine have shared with me about how the transition is hard. And I always caution people that it very much is. And so it just kind of, I don't care who you are. It's going to be hard, such a big seismic change in in your life. And so for me, it was about shifting the mindset back from, oh, I don't have to do anything to, well, what was good about this? What was good about these things? And and how do I get back on that, even though it might not be wearing an, an army uniform anymore? And, and so for me, it was, you know, I needed to go back to school. Right, America, American taxpayer pays for something called the post 9-11 GI Bill. So they send you back to school for free. And I, I did that eventually, took a little bit of time. Uh, you know, uh, I got a dog. Dogs are critical, right? Because so you know, central to mental I, health. Like it's they're so underrated. I mean, dogs are if you go back historically, I mean, part of the reason why Homo sapiens and hunter-gatherers survived was because we domesticated wolves and turned them into dogs, right? I mean, early warning, not to mention, you know, companionship and and all of that, but it's just one of those things where our our fates are tied together and you can argue that, but you're you're wrong. (laughs) Said with love, right? I mean, that's just kind of how we've you know, it wasn't, it wasn't kitty cats, you know, it was, it was dogs. And so that's, uh, that was really important to me. And then to take it up a, a slightly different notch, it's sort of, I believe in the power of community. And so a community of two is still a community and you plus one, I, you know, you plus your dog, I've, I've been in that community before and it was a lot better than being just me. And so that was really important. And and that was the second thing. And then the third is just work really hard. We have this idea about I was this and I was that. Mm-hmm. And that's a really dangerous game to play. You know, I, I, I did all these things and, and that became almost a source of great frustration because my life was not what it once was. And it took on less importance. And I felt like I didn't have mission and task and purpose and all these things. And so it's, it, it becomes a defeatist attitude and it's like a cancer inside of your head and it just, your body takes over, you know, yeah. and you just like, I just, you got to get out of bed and you got to find some purpose and to go back then the dog was the purpose. And then the third part is, you know, work really hard. It doesn't even matter what it is. 
it's like, you know, the best time to plant a tree was 10 years ago. The second best time is right now. And, and you just got to take one step forward. You just have to keep taking a step in any direction. And, and action is the cure for inaction. Mm-hmm. You can always course correct. You can do these things. But, but if you sit and just start rotting, you start feeling sorry for yourself. All sorts of bad stuff happens. So I, I think action is the cure. Well, that's why I was asking you about the identity piece, because we process all our thoughts and emotions through this sense of like, oh, this is who I am. This is like, I am this type of person. I am in the military. I am an entrepreneur. I am a CrossFit athlete or coach or whatever it is. And that acts as like a filter for every experience. And when we go into a different um, different environment and we try and apply the same filter, we start getting skewed results and thoughts and emotions don't match up. And it's like, oh, I should be this type of person. So when you can't really be that. So that kind of flexibility of identity is this key uh, skill to develop. Yeah. Or humility or just this, Mm. this kind of rejuvenation. Like you have to reinvent yourself and you have to be, I mean, you just have to be adaptive to yourself, to, to the world. You're not going to be 22 forever. You're not going to be 42 forever. You're not. And you have to, you have to figure out a way wherever you go to make peace with yourself. And that doesn't mean giving up. It doesn't mean giving in. It means adapting because it's, it's a very fulfilling thing to be a mentor to others. I was not a mentor to others when I was 22 or when I was 23, you know, you have to go through a little bit more life and you have to find other people and you have to, you have to pay it forward. It's really rewarding to to have kids and to help shape their lives. Right. That's not about me. I mean, it's, it's about me from the standpoint of I'm, I want to do this and it feels really good, but that's not what I was focused on at age 20, you know? And so you just have to figure out a way there's, there's a lot that's required in that, you know, there's kind of, you have to, you have to learn yourself. You have to kind of learn how to push hard, but you have to learn how to fail. You have to learn how to forgive yourself. You have to learn how to forgive others. You have to learn how to just, you know, know what makes you happy and do more of that. And, and not, as we say around here, like trying to keep up with the Joneses is just like everyone's living that vacation life on Instagram and none of it's true. And, and it's kind of like everyone's, we are actually in this human struggle together and we're all kind of trying to make our peace and find our ways. And you got to just do more of that for yourself and nobody can do that for you. Who was the best example of that, that you, you've met, that you've encountered in your life and kind of was a, a role model in that humility, that, yeah, the, the mentality that you just described? I mean, some of the older, the older generation of, of Green Berets have been instrumental to me. I mean, I work with a guy named Richard Rice, who was in special operations for almost 30 years. And, you know, I mean, he, he talks, he's a mentor of mine and, and a friend, and he talks so much about the need to reinvent yourself because, I mean, he served in all sorts of different units and different missions and all this stuff. And, and then you get out and you don't do that anymore. And then, you know, he went and became an educator for 20 years and then, you know, took a contract to somewhere dangerous and realized that he was past his prime and, and this is not what he's meant to be doing anymore. And, and then, you know, now he works full-time at GORUCK and helps share a lot of those kind of that way of life. And so, but really what it boils down to is people that are comfortable in their own skin have earned the ability to be that. It's not, I don't care who you are. Money is oftentimes negatively 
or inversely correlated with this because it'll 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 buy all sorts of things that you don't have to then discover for yourself. And I, I really value people that have done things to to know what they they like in in the world, mm. to know what makes them happy, and that do more of that. Like those souls that are at ease like that are very are very inspirational. Yeah, you strike me as someone who thinks beneath the surface level uh on on things like that and it's like okay what's actually driving people and that was the thing that i, f- I found between you and jock on your podcast on his podcast sorry there was that discussion of like okay but why are we doing the things beneath that like what is the true driver have you had time to think about like what are your true drivers like what are the things that you are personally motivated by or driven towards because i'm guessing it's not fame notoriety i'm guessing it's not um oh that might be part of it i don't think it is there's probably deeper drivers i mean so i i spent my youth not knowing exactly how i was going to live my life i I didn't really have you know it was realized we're we're all kind of nobody's a self-made person Mm-hmm. everybody is subjected to the influence of the day. And this was the the eighties is when I grew up, which, you know, wall street was big and business and all of this stuff, you know, Reagan and Thatcher and, and all of that. And it was, you know, for some reason fighting the cold war didn't really like, it just wasn't in my family's DNA. You know, it just wasn't part of, of that. And I thought I was going to be a business guy and solve problems and whatever. I just had no idea what that meant. You know, I was still sort of searching for, I was searching for who I could be. And, you know, I I found team sports very rewarding. I was never going to be a pro athlete. And and so 9-11 provided that absolute clarity for me. And, you know, tragedy it's 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 always odd to say that I'm fortunate at a deep level that 9/11 came around. I wish nobody died. I wish it didn't happen. But you, you we can't dealing hypotheticals is is a complete and utter waste of time, really, right? Except in philosophical debates in our own heads. And it did happen. And and the reaction was that I wanted to serve my country. And it it all of a sudden was very clear that I wanted to be like dots started to connect. I wanted to be part of something bigger than myself, just like team sports growing up. And, but how do you take that feeling? And it can't adapt. You, you have to kind of reinvent how you can adapt that, that feeling. And I think it goes back to human nature ultimately. But, you know, and, and as I got out of the army and it was a, it was a big challenge. I mean, I had some years to process through that at a, at a very difficult time in my life. And, and ultimately what, what I, this access that I had to, some of just America's best and to that way of life. I, I feel like I owe like any of the things that you've, you've seen about, you know, soldiers that are buried in section 60, or, you know, I served with Eddie Collins in, in Iraq, who was a, an SAS guy, you know, he, he died, right. He's, he's buried. His family misses him, right. His kids miss him because he's gone. And, and so when you, when you start to, to say, I, I know a lot of those, those guys and like, you know, it can come anytime like that. And, and so how do you make the most of, of the time that you have? And part of that is through business. 
I, but, but business has to have a message and a meaning or else this wouldn't be worth it to me at all. Like I, I don't, I don't need in my life. And I just know this about myself. I just don't need Goruck to be, you know, I don't need it to be the size that it is. I don't need it to be bigger. It can be smaller. It can be bigger. It can be what it needs to be, but it's, it's the message and the how that matters so much more to me than, than the size. And yet I believe in our way of life. And so I want more people to kind of have access, access and exposure to that way of life. So the, the fire burns brightly, not because I'm chasing numbers, but because I think that more than ever, what we represent is, is very positive and productive for the human condition. And I think that much of what's going on in society right now is very counterproductive for the human condition. So that's sort of the, the wish and the want and the desire is to, to do good and do right by, by others and help impact our, our society and, and our way of life. Hey, if you're enjoying this episode, chances are you'll enjoy our free ebook, How to Stop Substandard Self-Critical Plateaus and Unleash Your Potential. It's a step-by-step guide to finding your mojo again and getting back to the athlete you know you can be. It's free, you just have to stick your email address in and download it. To find it, head to mindsetrx.com slash ebook. That's mindsetrxd.com slash ebook. Now, let's get on with the show. you mentioned this this ability to frame a negative event a second ago like obviously the atrocities of 911 uh, no one wishes that happened but your ability to see that as a as a siren's call almost like a this is what i'm now pulled towards and it al- aligned a lot of events previously to kind of go oh like this is this is the direction to aim at your ability to do that makes me think you've either well, you have spent time around mentors and you have spent time around people who, who have been leaders around you and displayed this thing um, or this quality. But have you done much and your, I suppose, your your ability to pick out Marcus Aurelius quite very easily? I, I'm going to guess that you've done a fair amount of stoic, stoic reading application in, in that way. Some, yeah, and I really enjoy it. I mean, I, I think there's something, you know, we get very, fixated on on the cultural things in our own lives in in america you know western medicine is a good example right like if you go in to go see someone about i've got a runny nose i got a cold you're gonna leave with medicine you're gonna leave with all sorts of you know like it's it's just where there's a nail there's gonna be a hammer right and there's some degradation of individual responsibility that goes with that, right? I mean, I'm not saying you can Google your way to all solutions, but if we lead an examined life and we look at ourselves and we say, am I, my, how am I doing? You know, and, and how is my health and how is my, you know, there's just so many other ways to approach, you know, how we solve problems and other other mindsets and other ways of life that have been around for you know forever almost i mean we have a lot to learn from from that and so it's like you know just focusing on the rise of the individual with all of its own glory which is is in a lot of ways what has has occurred in in our lifetimes i mean 
you know, nobody ever used to travel. Nobody ever used to do these things. It wasn't economically viable. People didn't value it. They valued, you know, time at home and time in their communities. And part of it is economics and economics dictate what we're able to do. And now it's, it's just anyone can do anything and it's all about them. And I think that I think that we've walked that forward just a little bit too far. And I think that we need to kind of remind people, you know, like Sebastian Younger did in Tribe when his, you know, anti-war father told him, you don't owe your country nothing, right? Like you need to serve something. And it's not just for your country, it's for you. Like that's the, that's like to be the most ardent individualist, you have to look at it from the self-interest point of view. And it actually is hugely, hugely in your self-interest to serve something greater than yourself. And, and so there's all kinds of these kind of things that are, are running. They're not running and, and swimming in the same school of, of thought that we're in right now. Like the, the chains are breaking all over the place. And, and so I think it's important to go back and, and look at these timeless lessons from history and, and stoicism and, and so many other, there's just a lot of other vantage points and, and people that have led great lives that they didn't live their great life right now. And that's, that's, that's great. You can go back and study them and, and learn. I think that piece that you spoke about individualism there, I think that's why people like John Peterson have such a resonance at the moment, because he's not just talking about your rights. This is what you are owed by society. He's talking about responsibilities too. It's like, this is what you can take upon your shoulders and through that, through this service to something bigger than you are, whether it's a country or a small community or your family um, or your gym, this gives you the opportunity to improve yourself that just being out there for yourself never would. I mean, I think there's few things that would be better than for someone in their 20s. I mean, nobody, nobody tells you this when you're in college, right? Or when you're in, in high school, it's like your, your worth is basically nothing other than manual labor, mm-hmm. right? Like you were, you're, you're not valuable to businesses, all that, like you're going to go what run their Instagram account. Like, come on, man, that's, it's ridiculous. You know, your, your worth is not much. If you're in construction or something like, like an honorable job like that, I mean, the going market rate is the going market rate. And, and that's, that's great, right? That's your worth. But when you start to say, hey, I want to take a different path, you know, I can think of few things that would be better than to figure out a way to serve in some capacity, right? Get responsibility, get leadership, learn how to solve problems, learn through adversity about yourself. I mean, join the Peace Corps, join the military, go do something uh, along, go, go be a teacher. I mean, my sister's an inner city school teacher in DC, God bless her. I'm not cut out for that kind of service. And she is, she's not cut out for military service. I, I was, you know, I mean, everybody's got to, got to find their own path and make their own path in this world, but we're not, we're not, none of us is immune from the laws of human nature. And, you know, it, it's just, it is actually a very selfish thing in something more than the very immediate comfort seeking short term to serve something greater, despite the fact that you're going to make no money, despite the fact that it's uh, not a very, you're not going to get praised all over the place. I mean, if you join the military and, the, and 
America, you you will get your 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 fair share of praise, right? Um, you know, another we've learned those lessons from from Vietnam, but yeah, you got to pay your dues. You got to figure out a way to pay your dues, and and you you only can pay dues through adversity, really. I mean, to get out and go, you know, try to find the easiest job to make the most money, you, you will not benefit from that in the long run. It is definitely in a way to avoid adversity and discomfort of one kind. But if, if you start to look at health in terms of a, a, a triangle, you look at mental health, you look at physical health, and you look at social health. And when you start to combine those, when anything goes awry, and they're all interconnected, by the way, right? This idea that, you know, there's a nail, I'm a hammer, I'm just going to focus on one of those. Oh, I got mental health problems. I'm going to go sit in Shrink's office and listen to the waterfall. And we're going to talk about my problems and my problems are going to go away. That's not going to work, right? There's other components to a life. Life is a 360 degree thing and it's very complex and complicated, but there's also truths that we're all, all wise to sort of learn and, and follow about the human condition. And, and so there's, there's a lot of things that you can do, but I recommend that you figure out a way to go find something that's very rewarding as, as, as young in your life as you can. So it's interesting you brought up the kind of the mental health side. And I don't know whether you had any kind of information sent to you about the work that we do. We work with the CrossFit community on mental fitness. So it's like, how can you turn up as a better version of yourself? And the people who do well are the people who listen to what we say. And then when we say, go and take some action, like go and do something, go and make change, they go and do it. The people who just sit there and want to be listened to and kind of be um, justified in in their suffering or justified in in this i'm going to say self-obsession with it is are the people who don't go out and make change and that the, you said there the uh you can only pay your dues through adversity i found no better cure for making yourself more resilient than going out and doing difficult things yeah very true now to take to push that because I see the other extreme as well. You know, someone will do a hundred Ironmans, but they they won't go home and, and tell their, that their wife difficult. how they right. feel. Yeah. Right. It stops yeah. being difficult. And yeah. so we 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 develop a certain degree of of uh inoculation to certain kinds of pain. And then we mm-hmm. then it's just we're comfortable in that. And and we have to we have to continue to lead that exam in life because it always changes, it always evolves. Mm-hmm. And you, you just have to keep pushing yourself. Exactly. Precisely. So I think this is the neat segue into what I'm going to call yomping and you're going to call rocking. Um, that, that, that ability to take some heavy load on your shoulders and carry it a long way. Why is that so soul crushingly good? I mean, at a very, to go back to the earliest days of who we are as homo sapiens, I mean, you had to move and carry weight. I mean, mm-hmm. if, if you go read Born to Run and stuff, that's fantastic, right? It's sort of this idea that humans would go on these long distance, you know, long distance runs and they would basically, you know, overheat the animals and then they would kill them and then they would have food for, for themselves and their families. Well, how do you think they moved that food, right? You think they just brought the whole camp to them every time they did it? No, you have to put it on your shoulders and you have to carry it. I mean, and, and this is something that has been around we have developed 
as a species to be able to carry weight long distances. And as that has progressed, I mean, it's just something that we're really good at. And so that's baked into our DNA. And, and what I see this day and age is, you know, the military out of necessity did this for forever, right? I mean, the armies, you have to move with equipment because you can't fight barehanded. You can't just make your weapons when you get there, you know, wherever there is, you have to move with stuff. So the military and the legionnaires in Rome, they have had all these ways that involved rucking. They didn't call it rucking per se, but that's, that's what it was to them. I mean, they had to carry stuff long distances. They had to prove that they could do that before they would join the, the army that was, you know, s- spread to in, in every direction. And, you know, until very recently, it, it just kind of hasn't been a fitness thing until really we started talking about it. And this was not a, this was not a, a goal per se. When I started go ruck, it just came naturally to me. I mean, rucking is literally the foundation of special forces training. You, you, you put a rucksack on your back and you're doing land nav iterations for, you know, weeks and months and years. And then the reason why, and part of that, you know, that, that came from SAS selection, which, which came to, to Delta force selection, which came to, you know, I mean, these things are, they're not done just for shits and giggles. They're done because it, it works. It's a great way to test a person and it's something that we're all capable of, of doing. And so that just came naturally to me because that's how I was in, in the fitness world inside of the army. That was the foundation. And then you're building strength on top of that, but you always have to be able to move with weight because ammunition weighs a bunch, water weighs a bunch, um, you know, your weapons weigh and you have to be able to move that. And so you know, in terms of how to get that out to more people, it's, it doesn't always have to be like it is in the military. Lots of stuff comes from the military and there's great lessons to be had because the human condition is actually not that different. Guess what, guess what people in the military and people outside of the military have in common. We're all human. And mm-hmm. and so, you know, this idea of put 20 pounds, 30 pounds, 45 pounds on your Probably back. Probably not 130, 140 pounds. <laughs> No, I mean, like max out at one third of your body weight. Mm-hmm. And like, you don't need to do more than that, really, mm-hmm. unless you're getting really advanced for specific purposes. And you can go faster, you can go slower, you can do all sorts of different things. And in this day and age, what I find even more interesting is that this view of, of exercise and fitness and health is becoming very scheduled. Like, like we're, we're children and our moms have play dates for us. You know, like your calendar is just getting blocked up with all these things. And we're kind of losing this interconnective tissue of how about I park farther away in the parking lot and walk a little bit longer instead of just circling the parking lot for 45 minutes to find the closer spot. You know, how about what if in this day and age when I can take Zoom calls or meetings, how about if I strap a rucksack on my back and I, and I go for a walk then? I mean, Steve Jobs famously promoted walking meetings, philosophers, the Philosophen Weg in, in Germany is a huge thing. I mean, these philosophers, there's nothing a, a walk can't cure, right? I mean, you can get more fitness out of putting a little bit more weight on your back if you want to do that. It's very heart friendly. It's very, it's low risk of, of injury. I mean, the, the load impact on your body is, is fractional to what running is. And, and it's, it's off-putting mostly because it's so simple. Right. I mean, people are, are chasing magical silver bullets to, to the problems. And so I'm for 
strength training in my driveway for 30 or 45 minutes. I'm for going to the CrossFit box and pushing your, your body. I'm for, you know, biking to work instead of just riding your, your car every day. I'm for people being more active, more action in this world, less just like if we just were more active and, and stop just sitting around describing and resharing the problems of the world and we just got more active in our own damn lives, I think we'd all be a lot happier and not to mention healthier. And so it's like, how do you speak to people and say, you can incorporate this into your life and you can make it as hard as you want to be. And there's no downside to this. And that's really what this is is about. Yeah. I think the piece on how, I suppose, simple rocking or yomping is compared to how effective it is, but also it's uncontrolled and suddenly fitness has become unsanitized. Now, oh, sorry, it's become sanitized. And that was the initial draw of things like CrossFit. And that's the kind of the feeling that we get when civvies especially look to the military and think, okay, I want that to feel uncomfortable. I want it to feel, um, there's there's this pull towards discomfort, but uh, but this is we live in a very comfortable, easy, um, simple world. So I think sticking some weight on your back and walking. Right. How's that working out for us? Yeah. You know, how is that comfort? Like, you know, loneliness is up. Depression is up. Anxiety is up. Heart disease is up. Obesity is up. Suicide is up. Like at some point it's the, the answers are, are literally killing us. Well, I'm sure you've come across one. Mihai Chikseng Mihai's pronunciation probably wrong. His work on flow. And have you seen the relation between there's three things, physical pressures that can trigger flow heavily, rotation, which explains why we do skiing and things like that, that ability to carve, um, being weightless, so being in the air, and then being weighted. And that being weighted has that ability to trigger flow states. And if I want to come up with some good ideas for how to promote the podcast or mindset rex or the business or anything first thing i do is when when i haven't got a torn meniscus the first thing i do is go and stick some weight on my back and and walk around and that maybe it's being outside maybe it's having the weight on my back maybe it's just raising my heartbeat a bit and getting a different environment that is often enough to put me in that flow state to come up with ideas and there's so many benefits that come across with with being uncomfortable in general too Yeah. I mean, I just find that I sleep better. Sleep's one of those things that, Mm. you know, it's not just about, you know, buying the whatever and taking the the pills before bedtime and and all this stuff. I mean, there's a lot of people going to sell you a lot of stuff in this world, right? I mean, and the basics are, if you're exhausted, you're going to sleep well. We we know this, we know this to be true, right? I mean, who's going to disagree with the the basics here? And the, the more that you're able to move, yeah, I agree with you. I, I think better. I, you know, I process things differently. I, I, I mean, I, I'm about four miles from uh, my, my house to my work. And, you know, my routine is I end up rucking to work most mornings with my dog. And then I usually hitchhike a ride home from someone at work or, or whatever. And, you know, when I don't over a period of time, I can actually notice a difference and and so it's like the only use really really productive use for me on technology is i i track my steps just in life right and what i find is that if my steps dip too low then all of a sudden other things stop feeling as good right i don't sleep as well and it's just a daisy chain man you know we we know the basics we know what they are 
We just need to, to do them. You need to find the motivation in this comfortable ass life to go do the basics. And if you don't, you're going to create a completely different kind of discomfort, which is not the discomfort that you want. It's chronic discomfort as opposed to acute. It's like it's, it's discomfort that makes everything else more difficult as opposed to discomfort that makes everything easier. Yeah, I mean, look, you know, in, in a lot of the third world or, or developing nations or whatever, I mean, if people are on their feet, their, their whole lives are just moving around. You know, you go to Southeast Asia, they're, they're sitting down in the squat position on the sidewalks there just to talk to each other. Well, guess what doesn't happen over there, right? Old people don't fall. They don't become immobile. They don't start walking like penguins. They don't do these kinds of things like God bless my grandparents, but that's all they did. They sat down once they retired. Their goal as as a generation was to just take it easy and God bless them. They had earned that right, but that comes with different costs. And so you can take other examples from other places and say, look, this is what happens if you do this too long. And if you do this, right? I mean, squatting is not just about, you know, posting that shit to Instagram, you know, like, oh, I can squat this much. I I don't care. Right. I literally don't care. I think it's great for people to have challenges in their lives and to push themselves really hard. And I think it's also great that you increase your range of motion and your mobility and that you do it safely and that you do it in a way that lets you do lots more other stuff in life. And isn't that awesome? There's Actually, I'm going to jump into my segue and then we're going to come back to that at the end. One of the things that Yomping and the military as a whole prepared you personally very well for and the population at large is you get really good at suffering. Like you get like, okay, I'm I'm comfortable suffering and you kind of just shut up and get on with it. Like it's a, this ability to tune out any negativity. That is very much serving a purpose in the military like very very much like that especially in exercises and deployment like that ability to tune out and get on that obviously becomes a problem when we come back to civvy life or we come back to um i suppose day-to-day existence that isn't in that environment and i suppose this is where your involvement with the movement behind the chad workout comes in and the I suppose the biggest reason I wanted to get you on this show is to promote that. So how do you, how did, how do you advise people to start tuning into that and, and listening to it and not, and not giving credence to that voice, but beginning to accept it as reality and not just push it away. What specifically like the idea of suffering silence? Yeah. That, that kind of, that negative voice that that pops up and is telling you things there's there's a reason it's there evolutionarily like it's 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 indicating something so we don't want to push that away we don't want to let it fester and become dominant we want to address it and and open it up how do you kind of you see that and how do you you work around that well i mean the idea of suffering silence is kind of an, an interesting thing i mean there, there is that aspect of, you know, take a couple deep breaths. It's going to be all right. You're going to be fine. Right. And in the short run, we're, we're really wise to do that. You know, I mean, figure out how to push through. If, if we quit every time something gets 
the least bit uncomfortable, I mean, you're going to do a lot of quitting in this life, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, anything worth doing gets really hard. And so you develop these kind of battle scars over time from, from just being able to, to push through. You know, in, in Chad's specific case, I mean, and I've seen this in the special operations community, that's kind of my foundation within in my military past. You know, you can take that too far at the same time, right? You can take the suffering silence too far. I, I personally, I believe it's when others, there's other factors that are coming in. Like, how do you ask for help? Mm-hmm. It's a very difficult thing for a lot of people that have learned to suffer in silence. They don't really understand what that line looks like because they built a career on, on either training to invincibility with others who just know you just know how to operate together. Like this is how you go through the rooms in the house. This is how you, you know, this is how you conduct operations and life gets a lot more challenging in in completely different ways. And you start to think of yourself as weak or you're unable to do certain things that you think you should be able to do. And the word should is a very dangerous thing because it involves expectations and it involves, you know, all kinds of, of, yeah. Yeah, it involves all different kinds of things. And so, you know, this is where I think you go to the social part of the social part of health. And, you know, something's got to something between physical, mental and social, you're going to go through life kind of ebbing and flowing through various degrees of strength. I'm socially really strong right now. But I went through a time where, you know, physically, I was like, I just didn't want to do strength stuff. I, I was on my feet a lot, but I didn't want to do any of that. But I needed to pour more of my energy into the social side, which was a better connectivity to the mental side, right? And and I did just enough physical stuff to where I, I'm still okay, right? Well, it's, it just gets really hard when our lives get confused, when there's these big changes or little changes or, you know... In, in Chad's case, or in a lot of cases, I mean, we do, we know so very, very little about the human brain. And there's all sorts of, of ethical and problems in kind of learning more about the human brain. The chief one being is that it's hard to learn about the brain postmortem, right? And, and humans don't really want to like offer up their brain for science while they're still alive. And so, you know, you have the Chinese and the Japanese studying chimpanzee brains and trying to figure out neural passageways. I'm going off on a tangent here just to say that it's really, really complicated as mm-hmm. to why these things happen. I mean, you can get into astroglial scarring from too many breaches and, and blast waves and TBIs and you know concussions and all those kinds of things. I mean, the brain is a sensitive thing, right? I mean, we, we have these discussions and debates about American football and, you know, I mean, yeah, the helmets have gotten better and they'll tell you what the concussions are, but still, I mean, you're, you're still using your head in big ways, you know, and in, in soccer to me, there's, or, or football, you know, there's, you know, headers are a big part of the game mm-hmm. and it's, it's like, you can't use your hands, but you can use your head. And I don't think that's the same degree as, as, Hey, let's put our helmets on and, and, you know, the, each other the studies up, are but, showing that it's as significant, like there's, there's a huge like um, a huge increase in risk of Alzheimer's with professional football players or soccer players. Mm. So it's definitely linked. Definitely linked. I mean, we just don't, we just don't know. We don't know how to fix it. We don't know how to cure it. It's it's, that's going to be a long time coming. I mean, 
you know, Elon Musk going to put chips in our brains and stuff. Maybe that'll tell us more, but that's not going to happen anytime soon, you know, to, to know all about the human brain. And so, look, it's really, really complicated, these things. And veteran suicide and suicide is kind of one of those things that it just makes me really sad, you know, and it's one of those, it's really hard to accept because, you know, there, there was, there's always something more that, that we could have done. We could have seen the signs sooner. We could have done all these things. And, and yet, you know, when you got someone who's really good at suffering in silence, that can, they get really good hiding stuff. And we all, to some degree, we, we don't bear our souls to everybody every day of our lives. And when you keep hiding stuff, it becomes harder to, to not hide it. And, and that becomes a, a hugely uncomfortable thing and, and not in a way that we want to chase or go after. Like, this is bad, bad discomfort, right? Mm-hmm. And ultimately, I mean, we need each other. Like, we as a people need each other. We need to feel like we're part of something bigger than ourselves. We need to love and we need to be loved, right? You kind of can't experience those without the two-way street, you know? And and we need to examine our lives along the way to see how we're doing on the true position of our our health or how are we really doing across these things. And you know, and then taking action against where it's a problem is, it's, it's a scary thing. So look, these are really hard things to do, you know? And ultimately I think that, that being there for other people is a really kind of great thing for them. And it's also great for, for us having stronger communities and, and families that talk together instead of sitting at dinner with everyone staring at their phones, you know, people coming over the social side of, Hey, I'm, I'm going to barbecue out. I'm going to grill out. Like, do you want to come over? You know, I mean, stuff like that is as important or at times in our lives, it's, it's more important than, you know, getting our fifth CrossFit workout of the weekend. Right. I mean, you have to, you have to choose where to spend your time and your energy. And it goes to this kind of holistic sense of self. And and that's, that's for us to know and to, to kind of drive in our, in our lives that we have. Throughout your life, I'm gonna I'm gonna guess at the fact that there's been some very difficult moments to deal with, um, and one of those is entrepreneurship. One of them is, I suppose, myriad things that happens in the military. I think the the quote that stood out for me in in your book was the I can't remember exactly what it was. Is around the idea of like, yeah, we lost a lot of money when you first went out going around and kind of uh, setting up go rockets. Like you lost a lot of money straight there, and that has that anxiety inducing dread that kind of consumes you for a bit and like it's it's really really tough what did you do in those situations or what have you learned to do in those situations to steady the mind yeah i'm not even i'm not money motivated and that was really hard i mean yeah. money is still you're you can't it's you're, it's tied to your livelihood you, mm-hmm. you know try yeah. try to live without it see how that goes and and so you know, I mean, that was, that was really hard. I think that there's something that I'm kind of innately a fighter and I don't like to fail. Mm-hmm. And so you can either go to the corner and suck your thumb or you can fight back. And sometimes you can't fight back forever. You can't just keep losing and losing and losing. If, if you keep doing that, you're fighting the wrong fights. And so you got to wait for these moments where you have 
the strength inside of you to fight back as, as much as you can and just fight to the next day, you know, fight to your feet if you have to fight to the next day. And that was just something that I just was, didn't really want to fail again at that point. I kind of made up my mind, like I've, I've had enough failing recently. And so it was just a series of, of pivots and in the immediate short term, I mean, it's just hustle, man. I mean, we had no money. So I called everybody I ever knew my whole life. I was like, here's a code for 50% off. Will you please buy a rucksack? That's very humiliating, by the way. I mean, doing that from the back of a a parked car in a parking lot in Cleveland, Ohio sucks, you know, and you have to get over that pride. You have to ask for help. And that's what help looked like to me at that time. And it was tied to, will you buy this? I poured my heart and soul into the design and the build and the manufacturing and this isn't going well. And you start with your family and your friends because they know you and they, they want you to be happy and successful. And what I've found is that people that do ask for help, I mean, it's, that's a really great way to get it. And I think all of us are eager to help our friends. We, we probably don't call our friends enough and, and ask. Yeah. That community piece seems huge for you. And it must be one of the reasons why you got involved in i suppose this this entire movement that's generated around around chad what drew you to that initially like i could make loads of assumptions but it wouldn't be the same as hearing it from from you what yeah i mean we you know involved at at a tactical level like we had a partnership with the navy seal foundation and and our point of contact there was uh knew chad's story well sarah wilkinson had been his crossfit level one coach you know he you know, he works at the SEAL Foundation. He, he knew Chad's story. And, you know, it goes back to what we said earlier. Like, I feel like I owe. I have a, a platform in my little corner of the universe to, to, to fight for the causes I believe in. And, you know, I, I, lost, I lost my best friend in the Army to suicide while we were in the Army. I mean, this, this is, this is a, a grave that I have buried deep within my mind as well. And, and you know, it, it's just it's time to do something with that that will benefit others. And so when you have someone like Sarah, who's willing to, to share her story and put it out there and to share Chad's story and to put it out there, you know, they, she needs help, mm-hmm. right? She needs help in, in telling that story because it's really hard and scary to do by yourself. And so, you know, she became friends with my wife and friends with us. And, you know, it's, it's been very rewarding to kind of be able to support her in that journey. And ultimately it allows us to give back to a cause that we, we care deeply about and, and something that we really want to prevent. How did this year go with, with Chad? I mean, we saw a lot of growth over, over last year and, you know, just getting the, getting the message out and we got a lot more, you know, partners and friends that, that, want to be a part of it because what we've found is that almost everybody has been affected by suicide. Yeah. And so, you know, so we're taking the, the super long-term approach on this and saying, okay, if someone does it this year, they're going to want to do it next year as well. I mean, look, the workout sucks. It's single movement mind fuck, right? You're on a box, you're doing it for somewhere between 45 minutes and an hour and 15. If it's, Longer than that, I'd say, you know, choose your weight or your step up height a little bit differently, unless you're a masochist in your own way. Right. (laughs) But, but ultimately it's, it's one workout. You're going to be okay. You can do this. You've been, you know, 
those those with with uh, injuries aside, you've been walking your entire life, right? Put a little weight on, take some steps, and remember why you're doing it. It's completely doable. Your your body has been conditioned for for this. It's not technical, you know. And so it's just it's on our calendar every year, and that's kind of what we're finding with others. Is the cause is a great one. It's you know you do Murph Memorial Day, you do Chad a Veterans Day. That's that's how or Armistice Day or you know, how, wherever we, we call this around the, the world. And, and, um, you know, that, that's just how, that's how it's going to go. And every year we're just stacking bricks and friends and, nice. and partners. And, and we just want it to, to really kind of take on a life of its own almost. Yeah. So we're obviously well in advance of next year's. So we might need a way to register interest and keep updated and that kind of thing. What's the best way people could support or get involved for next year, pre-register, that kind of thing? Yeah, I guess we we probably owe a, an email sign up. I mean, you can obviously follow everything on social media and that's great and all. But but ultimately it's I think we're at the stage now where what we're looking for is is leaders. And when you get across the across the pond or, you know, down under or whatever, it's people that will organize their communities. And, you know, we need to do a better job about that in, in 2022, because it is, you know, all of our the patches that we use to, to, to raise the funds and the t-shirts and stuff, it's all kind of US based. So the more that we're able to say, go to a place like Beaver Fit and in the UK and, and partner with those kinds of places that can help get the message out in a, in a local way, is, is great. I mean, in the absence of that though, it's, it's go right now and put it on your calendar, November 11th, there are about, you know, 2022, right. Chad 1000 X on your Google calendar. And as that approaches back into how you're going to do it and who you're going to do it with. Yeah. So next year, when that opportunity to have a wider reach around the world comes up, I'm definitely involved and our whole businesses as well. Um, so yeah, reach out to me and I'll, I'll definitely establish some links over here and I'm sure we can link up some sort of support to the Royal Marines Association or something similar. I'd love to. Yeah. Um, if, and if and likewise, shoot, shoot us a note and we will, you know, it, whenever it's, it's never too early, we'll probably start reconvening on this in the spring a little bit, but mm-hmm. you know, then it starts to build a little bit more through the summer and stuff. Um, but that would be, that would be great. I mean, you know, there's when you, when you're kind of cut from the same cloth, like, like the Brits and the Americans are, and you, you fight beside each other for the last two decades, guess what happens? You got a lot of the same issues, you know? And so you got a lot of people with, with the same sort of regrets and wishes and wants and, you know, time machines aren't a thing, but I, I wish they were. Yeah, absolutely. Dude. Jason, where can people find out more about yourself? Where can people get involved in Go Rock? Tell us where to tell us where to go. Well, I think the best thing you can do is put some weight on your back and go for a walk. I don't care as much about social media stuff, right? Um, we're on all that stuff. It's all it's at Go Rock for everything, and and I'm Jason J McCarthy. But really, I mean, we just want to pay it for. We want people to be out and be active and go find a friend and go outside. Uh, you know, I think you guys are real big on, there's no such thing as bad weather, just, just improper clothing or something like put your best rain jackets on. You guys do it great. Go out, ruck a mile or, or, or two sometime with, with a body and then go find a nice warm pub and have a couple cold ones or however you like them, you know, and just live that life. It's, it's a great life to live and keep, keep being active and, and pushing around the fringes. 
I'm Tom Foxley. Thank you for listening to the Limitless Athlete podcast. Following this episode, we are, of course, going to be releasing the debrief, which is a summary, some applicable steps from the show with coach Rachel and myself. So make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you get your podcasts so you can begin growing the mindset of a Limitless Athlete podcast. If you're on iTunes, a five-star review and some kind words are very helpful. And of course, if you are on Spotify, then you can now review the show and give us a lovely five-star review or I'm coming to get you. For more mindset training resources and tools, head to mindsetrx.com or find us on Instagram by searching for mindsetrx. That's mindsetrxd. And next week, I'll be talking to one of the more controversial appearances at the CrossFit Games and someone who has an incredible backstory from drug addiction to elite athlete. See you then.